Hi there and welcome Spurs Troops to the Steve Perriman podcast. Um, I want to just give a quick mention to, I'm not sure if anyone can hear the bells that are going off. They've got practice church bells ringing. But anyway, I'll carry on. Um, I want to give a quick mention to Mike Godfrey, who organised a speaking event for me in Thetford in Norfolk. And I shared the stage and talking with Keith Haggett, Hackett, mm-hmm. who, of course, was the referee for the FA Cup final games in 1981. He was extremely interesting to listen to. He was responsible for, for getting the referees professional. He raised, found the sponsor to pay for it, to get them fitter, to get their diet right, to get communication between... Uh, the referees and the linesmen. So now he's not involved, and he had some some very interesting things to say about the current regime. And uh, so I think it'll be brilliant to have him on a future podcast. Absolutely. So it's just not kept uh, uh, kept to what I heard that night. It goes without saying that I cannot remember the name of the referee who officiated in the League Cup final defeat to Liverpool in 1982, the following March, as, of course, on the bad moments, you just get rid of it out of your brain. So, um, but also the reason for being so happy with that evening was it when it was topped off by me reacquainting with Jimmy Pierce. Now, there's a name for older supporters, uh, not you, Tom, but Howard, of course. And um, I knew that he lived in Ipswich. I haven't spoken to him for about 45 plus years. So I got in touch with him, invited him to the Carnegie Theatre in Thetford. And um, he really was going to be a special player and suffered uh, with injury Um he reminded me it was a wear and tear injury. So it wasn't like someone has been walking around with guilt for all those years, having finished his career. So it was a, it was a, a wear and tear thing. Um, and Bill Nick really, really fancied him and put him as a, as a, as a real possibility to take over from Jimmy Greaves. Um, and the fact he got injured didn't, doesn't stop him being a special character. So, I loved talking to him, uh, meeting with him, being part of it. And um, the the crowd there, the, the the audience treated him with such respect. So I think Jimmy was was pleased that he he turned up. So uh, I'll make sure that when I visit Bury St. Edmunds again, um, I was staying in Bury St. Edmunds with my father-in-law, that I'll contact Jimmy and take him and his wife out for lunch or something. So... Um, do you remember anything of Jimmy Pierce Howard? Yes, I do. Of course, it's very interesting hearing your comments and hearing mine. Yours being the more mature one, as you, as you knew better than I did at Peugeot. But that general whole point, when we saw a newcomer coming in, we'd, we'd, we'd support him, but we would judge him by today's standards. So yeah. Jimmy Pierce got into the side because of an injury, got yeah. in because of an injury, and ended up not being able to play because of an injury. Yeah. But 
but it, it highlights the difference between what you think and what I think off the bat. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, when I when I joined the club at 15, he would have been 19. Yeah. And on the fringe of the first team. And when I was in my apprentice years, he would have probably broke into the first team. But um, he did some different things on the ball. He had some different turns in him and stuff. So, of course, I've mentioned it before and I mentioned it again. It was it was him, Peter Collins and Roger Morgan that all finished in the same year mm-hmm. through injury. And um, that affected us down the line and had something, not all to do, but had something to do with our relegation um, a few years on because that group of players were missing three talents. So, um, so yeah. So um, I'm sure that we want to talk about the Chelsea performance. Um, so welcome, Howard. We've already spoken to you. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Good for, evening, uh, Howard. thanks for your input. Um, Howard's come back visiting a lot of different places, starting off in Boston. And uh, you had some problems on the way back, Howard, didn't you, to uh, sort of affect your watching of the Chelsea game? Well, everything went swimming. They were due to land at one o'clock on uh, Sunday, which gives me two, three and a half hours to get home for the match. But at that point, the bag- baggage handlers at Heathrow decided we don't like Virgin and we stop. So, ah. Ah. Eventually, you got my last leg- piece of luggage out three and a half hours later. Wow. Which meant that just for one for one one occasion reason, Viv was driving. I was actually pleased. Yeah, and she put some down, I suppose. Absolutely. She put some down. Tom, you watched the Chelsea game? You were settled uh, nicely in the armchair. Um, I started off settled in the armchair and ended up kind of in various areas <laughs> around the front room at different points of the game. But um but yeah, it was it was bonkers, wasn't it? Absolutely yeah. bonkers. I mean, perform- performance wise. Uh, it left a lot to be desired, but spectacle-wise, it was just it had everything you hope from a from a London derby against your fierce rivals. I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah. To get the it point, looked, yeah. it looked like that he was did on purpose when he squeezed his hand or arm. Yeah. yeah, there was something a bit nasty about that. Yeah, wasn't there? And um, you know, he says, "What was it?" He said afterwards, "You know, I I believe you look in your eyes when you when you shake your hand when yeah when you shake someone's hand." And obviously, he saw different. But there's always a photo to counteract something like that because straight away on Twitter today, the pictures of him ignoring Sean Dyche uh, yeah. after after the Burnley game last season, yeah, refusing to look him in the eye and shaking, you know, Tuchel refusing to look at Dyche in the eye and shaking his hand. Um, there's always a photo, you know, and you can you just end up sounding a bit. Like a bit classless, yeah. I think. Have you ever lost My, it that badly as manager, Steve? Um, I've lost it as, on the touchline as a director of football, <laughs> and um, yeah, nearly come to blows, but uh, but everything soon settles down, and but you then look back on it and think, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have said that, yeah. Um, didn't get a red card or anything, but um, but yeah, it's. I, I there was a few refereeing issues there, wasn't there, in that performance? Um, for instance, Tuchel running down the touchline. Yeah, that surely that surely has got to be a second yellow card, doesn't it? Yeah, surely. Yeah, and then and that Reese James as well. Um, he. Should have been, but should have had a second yellow for his celebration. Uh, but having said that, he should have also 
um, there was he did, he did the same cynical foul on Son twice in the first half. There was only the one time that we really saw it on TV, yeah. but he actually did it twice. He did it once once earlier as well when Son didn't have the ball but was looking to run onto it. He pulled him back. So yeah. again, again, Tuchel going on about. I think he 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 actually named Bentancur and Hoiberg as 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 doing multiple cynical fouls throughout throughout the game, mm. whereas whereas his players were set up to do exactly the same thing, and it's just, just yeah. And to le- and to level it up, <laughs> to level it up, the was it VAR used to see the pulling of the hair? They looked at it, and then I think the the, the ruling was that. It was not, yeah. You know, it could have been a yellow card, but it wasn't red card, violent conduct. So they couldn't do anything about it. They couldn't, you know, VAR's not there to uh, give a free kick or, uh, uh, or or something. It's there to make a decision on a red card. And they sure. said, it's not a red card. So we can't do anything else about whether it's a yeah. cooking or a free kick. So the game carries on. And then obviously in comes the corner. And, and that it. led that led to the second corner for the, for the goal. Yeah. I thought we attacked that ball on that last corner in that last knockings of a game, we attacked it with more urgency than mm. what we normally do. And there were three of them, weren't there? I'm not sure why that is. Maybe I'm it was just sure. the inviting the inviting cross from Perisic. It was it was brilliant. Well, and didn't he have a good effect when he came on? A lot, do you a like lot him, things. Howard? Very do you nice. Like yeah. Perisic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked his attitude in the build up to the season. Yeah, yeah. On the touchline, he's yeah. got an opinion, hasn't he? He's he's helping the sort of younger element out, which would be one of the reasons why you sign a player with his experience, you know. And and I think he's going to be understandable, albeit he obviously wants to play in the first eleven. Of course he does, but while he's not, he's still going to be useful. And you know, maybe to Sessignon, it sounds like he's got got an influence on him. So. Um, if if that helps him being a ten percent, five percent better player, that's that's going to be money well spent. Mm. I'm sure there's supporters out there that are disappointed with not seeing so much yet of the new players. Yeah, do you feel the same way as that, you two? Yeah, I think so. And what's he, one of the things that keeps you occupied is involved. You're seeing your blood, fresh blood coming through. That you want to see how they are, and we don't know to tell much in. 10 minutes they might be on but then we might see some of it that give you yeah. a clue yeah and jimmy jimmy pierce who I, I can recall quite well i think it, our, he was at our best at his best when we got to the final of the league cup when he was once one he was one side and jimmy neighbor was the other yeah yeah jimmy jimmy pierce could open up defenses yeah. in a different way to jimmy neighbor jimmy neighbor was about pace Trickery and pace. Now, of course, Jimmy Pierce had all of that, but it was a more uh, there was more end product to Jimmy Pierce than, mm. than to Jimmy Neighbor. But um, and what about you, Tom, with the new players? Do you think you need to see more of them quicker? I, I understand why people might be frustrated at not seeing them in the starting lineup. I certainly thought Perisic might have been a better option from the start yesterday in a game in a game like that ahead of Sessignon. But having said that, I just think we're two, we're two games in. We've got a, a first 11 at the moment that we've, yeah, we've started with the first 11 that got us into the top four last season. Um, and I think by not putting the new players straight in, Conte is, is kind of having a bit of respect for, for the players that did so well 
under him towards the end of the last season. And he's also, but but, but I think I don't think he will for a second um, be afraid to 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 put to to drop one of the so called undroppables now and um and and bring in one of those new players. You know, he he, he might look at Son uh, Son's performance yesterday and think, well, look look how well Richarlison did when he came on. Um, yeah. Why did you know? So maybe we'll see Son dropped to the bench this weekend and, and Richarlison start against Wolves. Um, yeah. But I just think that. What we've really done, you know, none, none of the signings we've made is a kind of shoe in to come in and 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 tear up the first eleven. But they are yeah. all great advancements to the squad. Um, yeah. And you know, just when when you compare the uh, the the kind of options we had off the bench in the in in the four meet games against Chelsea last season, um, compared to what we were able to do yesterday, and bring on three new signings, you know, um, Perisic, Richarlison, um, and um, God, my brain's gone blank from yesterday. It's still fried. Anyway, perhaps, um, and Basuma, but yeah, Basuma came on as well. But sure. for Perisic and Richarlison to come on, Richarlison gave them something totally different to think about. Uh, Perisic, like you say, he had the class, the delivery, um, and and you know, how often do we score from corners? Hardly yeah. ever. And he, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he comes on and um, and and puts in a corner that if Kane didn't score it, two of the others could have done. Um, yeah. So. I, I think I think we're seeing the the benefits of a stronger squad, and um, as much as it's nice to see new players start and and yeah. and, and and whatnot, I, th- I think he's going about things the right way in terms of um, blooding them and 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 making them you know, as I say, having a bit of respect for the existing players, but also saying yeah. to new players, you know, don't think you're just going to come and walk straight in. Here we want to see sure. see how you're going to integrate, etc. Yeah, I think that um, I'm more happy this start of season because we've got a manager that has the power. I think he has the power over the players. They know they're on, they're being looked at obviously on training days and match days where the, where the, the money's earned. But uh, I think he's got power with the board and Daniel as well, which is just as important as per They've got to deliver for him. I know he's the manager and he's got to deliver results. I think they have to deliver for him. So I think we've got a manager that's got the appropriate power, not a, a man who's lucky to have the job. Right. Uh, and therefore, I think we... we. I mean, I'm, I'm not teaching you to suck eggs, you two, but we need to trust him. And therefore, I think he'll know when it's right, when it's... Yeah, where and how to introduce those players, and I th- I just think we got to trust him. We got to trust him on that, and um, you know they're finding out about each other at the moment, aren't they? So, so yeah, and and Harry and Son Howard. Harry anything? looked interested to me yesterday. Yeah, he he looked a little bit off it, didn't he? Yeah, I, th- I thought. Definitely wasn't happy. Then he comes out with a 95th minute winner. Yeah, he looked happy enough then as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen seen him celebrate a goal like that in some time. He's he's often quite chilled with his celebrations these days, but he didn't even know where to run yesterday, did he? um... And I and Harry's normally got that that regular sort of celebration, isn't he? Yeah. I'm just pleased when Harry is so important to our team. The old bugbear of mine, the knee slide. Well, yeah. don't don't do the knee slide, and while and while I'm at it, the socks over the knees, which Harry does do, 
I'm not sure about that one. And when Basuma came on, about the sleeves down the being held by the fingers, not sure about that either. But um, but perhaps that's me being old fashioned. So anything we anything we could have put right sooner, we we sort of got a bit of a chase in the midfield, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the um, what 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 was slightly strange. To make, well, not strange, but what's a little bit disappointing yesterday, like the the, the very first point where I thought this doesn't feel quite right, was that first attack we had in the first few minutes where no one really had any conviction. Mm -hmm. Like Kudasevsky, his decision-making is normally so incisive and Son's running is normally so incisive and no one really yeah. seemed to want to go for it. And I just thought, I don't know if we're up for this today as soon as that happened. And then, yeah. um, and then like you say, the midfield just their midfield absolutely tore us apart in that first half. And, and yeah. Um, yeah, they just seemed to dominate that whole Central area, they pressed us more than we could cope with, and um, and we were lucky to go in only one nil down at half time. So, you know, changes were there, possibly crying out to be made, but at the same time, what do I know compared to? Am I, am I being too negative, Howard? Where I was expecting us to concede the second goal before yes. half time. That's me being, I know that's me being negative, but maybe that I've that's you being that's that's I, you being associated with Spurs for a very long time and knowing what to yeah, expect. Yeah. Um but I thought that was the the you know maybe it was in the inability of the opponent not to take advantage of us when we were when we were low. But um I think that was the difference. While you're only one goal behind, even though you're getting a bit of a chasing, mm -hmm. there's there's always a chance for the manager to put it right at half time. It gives the manager a chance, doesn't it? One goal yeah. deficit, surely. So, and and surprised about lack of substitutes at half time. He, he, he tends not to want to do that, doesn't he? Mm. He also seems to be very much concerned about injuries, so he's not going to play, play, bring a player on if he's got any doubts as to his fitness. Yeah, yeah. Which I think he's probably borne out the last couple of games and had a couple of knocks. Yes. Seriously, yeah. And it and it's all and you're also driven by the physios um sure. uh, decisions about how bad something is or might get better or might get a bit worse. So that sometimes plays a part, doesn't it, at half time? So and also the fitness of the people coming on. maybe maybe he doesn't think that they've got a full half in them mm. at this stage, maybe. So so it seemed it seemed to work out right the way that he did it, and to the the fact that we finished so strong, and I'm saying strong because we scored a goal. Maybe if we didn't score that goal, would I be talking about finishing strong? But that's two games out of two that we've been a goal behind, yep, and yet haven't lost the game yet. Now it's two games. What? Why am I even talking about that? But but in the modern day football, to go a goal behind. And the way that teams defend, and not that Chelsea are going to do that to us, they're going to keep going for our throat, of course they are. But teams like Southampton virtually play a different way when they get a goal up. Yeah. So for us to, to pull it back so well was, was quite, uh, quite good in, in, in my eyes. So, so, yeah, next game, Tom, where are we? We're back at home against Wolves. Uh, Saturday, 12.30pm, which isn't a traditional happy goal um kickoff time for us really when it comes to co yeah cohesive play we always look like we're still waking up whenever we play at saturday lunchtime but um 
you know, hopefully, hopefully this time we'll be all right. There's a train strike on Saturday. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, a bit of a challenge How, to get there. Howard, have you got your driver ready for Saturday? Um, I think she's ready. Um, uh, <laughs> always a big question. Having, having pulled up trees to get you back in time from the airport. Yes, exactly. So good, good luck with that. I got my driver as well. I'll give him a quick shout out. Chris Chapman, my my, uh, my friend in Block Five One Nine, lives up in Newbury. He'll Is be, that right? Uh, he'll be um, driving us there and back. Bless him. And does he pick you up, Tom, and drop uh, you off? He will do this time. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I might have to. He, he, he might tell me to go and meet him at some services or something. But uh, yeah. fingers crossed, I can uh, sweet talk him into just coming straight to my house. Yeah. And um, do we mention the Arsenal? Any any worries or fears about them? They're looking Big good. Big fears about them. They're looking good. Looking good. Absolutely. And did you, did you see the second goal of the new player from Man City? Yeah, Jesus. The, the tap-in at the far post. I mean, it was a header, but it was a tap-in header. Yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced about that position. If there's a corner kick taken, I, of course, I'm interested in what happens with the first header and all that, but, but I'm very interested in who runs the far post, who takes the backdoor position, because there is definitely goals there, and that's a, that's an old old um, problem of mine. I hate teams that do not have someone running the far mm-hmm. post. If you think about how you defend that, listeners. How do you defend someone going away from the ball and running to the far post? You either turn and look at his run or you, as nature demands, you watch the ball. And therefore, that's why you can steal a, a march on you on the back post. So it's, it's one of those things of nature that you cannot be picked up if you run the far post. Yeah. So there's goals there. There is goals there, I guarantee it. So I'm going to keep looking for it and keep harping on about it because good because I truly, truly believe in that far post position from corners. Of course you hope Harry scores with a header. Of course you do. But supposing that the header is skinny, you want someone to be following it in on the far post, don't you? Yeah. Of course you do. So, so yeah. Um, but overall... We were lucky to get a point, chaps. Very well. But we'll take it. One question I'm going to ask is: um, the first goal we conceded this season was identical to the second goal we conceded this season. Does anybody do they do anything about that situation? Both were volleys on it. Yeah, from unmarked, unmarked near the edge of the box. Yeah, um, I mean, they they pointed it out on telly, and I I have to say I didn't notice it until until they pointed it out. We had so many players in the front half of goal that if you are if you are marking areas, why would you have five, six, seven, eight players in the front half of the goal when the corner kick's coming in? The fact that you've got that many players there means there is space somewhere in the box and they don't have to run to be marked, do they? By standing still, they've still got space. Now, when the ball comes to the chap, what a strike. What yeah. a strike. But And what about our goal? What, did, did you think he was interfering with the goalkeeper's sight? Richarlison? Yeah. 
I, I mean, it, I've seen I've seen some given for offside. I've seen it's fifty fifty in that situation. I think. I mean, from from where I could see, it looked like it could have maybe been slightly, but overall, I think he was too far over to have too much of an impact on the way the ball went. His eyes, as the ball was struck, obviously as it came past him, yeah. if it had hit him, then obviously he'd be, it would be ruled out anyway. But sure. um, yeah, I didn't. I'd, I'd have been. I'd, I'd have. Um, Maybe I'd be annoyed if if it if it hadn't been given against us with yeah. my partisan hat on, but um, but I th- I, th- I think it was a perfectly good call to and, to not disallow. And how were we convinced that Harry's header was going in? Looks like it to me. Yeah. So so Harry gets the goal. Yeah, definitely. He's level with level with Aguero now, and uh, not <laughs> long to go. Um, but just just mentioning like saying about the corner, um, the marking. We've got our new set piece coach now, haven't we? Mm. Um, yes, that's an Italian guy, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And um, so I don't know much about him. I can't actually remember his name, but um, but I know that there's obviously going to be something something going on on the training ground. Maybe it might take a little while for for new yeah. methods and ideas to to start working. But um, and we've also got some new youth coaches. Yes. Yeah, Jermaine's back. Jermaine, well done. So he must add something to the. Mm. Uh, Yaya Torre. Yeah. I'm not sure where that one's come from, but, but... He, was, he was with us last season for, for like doing some doing a bit of work experience or something, I think. But uh, yeah, he's probably part of the was he? I think the, the club has helped them both take their coaching mm. exams and licenses. So um so yeah, brilliant. I, I do wonder what's happened to Ledley. Yeah. Ledley was on the Mourinho sort of staff, wasn't he? Um, now is he still on the staff or has he gone? He's gone back to ambassadorial, full yeah. Time, well, I he think. was always been an ambassador, mm. but I, I still wonder if he's involved at the training ground or not because you know, neither of those two that we've mentioned are sort of defensive minds, are they? So it's an interesting one who the club selects of, a, of an age and an ability to. Because it's hell of an important role, leading young players. That is such an important role. And, you know, you've only got to angle it slightly wrong and let a... a, Imagine me with Bill Nicholson leading you with no praise, no this, no that. And now all of a sudden someone comes in and off their own back starts praising that you're up to the hilt. That I suppose they talk about these things before they make these appointments. So... um, wouldn't guarantee that. Well, you do wonder, don't you? You wonder if there's a link or, or a join between the, the thoughts of the of the top team and the rest. Um, it's obvious if you if you sack a manager, you don't want to sack all the staff, do you, and get everyone out and everyone new in. So they've probably got their own thoughts as, as a as a youth policy, youth development area. And uh, but you wonder what messages do come down from the top into the so-called bottom not that it's important not important of course it is but um you know if you just for instance supposing i have this theory about the far post run on corners if the first team think that for instance i'm not saying they do or don't but if the first team think that does that get mentioned in a club a club way like a club rule that this is a this is a must position I think the must positions from a corner kick, 
are you've got to get one player in front of everyone else to, to cope with a bad one, because there's a lot of bad corners taken, and the last man on the far post, arriving at the far post, not stood there. And if you get those two positions right, of course, that's not me mentioning about the three who could have headed it in. Harry did head it in. So they're obviously important positions as well. But in terms of a consistency, I think you've got to get those two positions right. The first post, the first player for the bad one, and the far post for the back door. So, yeah, do those messages sort of get passed down through the coaching levels to the to the, the youngsters, I hope so. So, um, so yeah, I think we've we've spoke enough about Chelsea. Um, and uh, I want to mention Portsmouth Official Spurs Supporters Club. They are sponsoring Dane Scarlett and his loan move to, uh, obviously, Portsmouth. So, well done to you chaps down there. Uh, on the coast. Thank you very much. I'm sure Dane is delighted that uh, locals are keeping their eye on him. And uh, I don't know what the what the sponsorship involves. Is it tie-ups? Is it a pair of shorts or training kit or something like that? But uh, but it's good to see that um, that they're involved. The local Spurs supporters club. Um, I had a good talk with Keith Birkinshaw on the phone today. Um, he said to me that he feels that he, if he had a weakness, it was he was too interested in his teams being thought of as good football teams, playing good football. And I said, Keith, do not worry about that as far as Spurs supporters are concerned, because I think if you were to poll, 80% would say one of your strengths was that you played a football style that was in league with Tottenham Hotspur's history. So, um, so yeah, the one thing I always sort of mentioned to him and criticised him about was that in, in many-sided games, he always, always praised the, the flair, the skill. And I said to him one day, You've, you need to, if you want us to become a better defensive unit, you've got to start praising people that put the body in, in the way of the ball, in the way of the shot. Uh, so they take a hit on behalf of the team. If you just let that go and it's not rated as important, why should it be important for a for a player to keep doing? So, um, so yeah. And referee-wise, from the games you've seen so far, have you noticed any changes, either of you? I mean, I mean, yes, yesterday, I mean, I, th I felt that Anthony Taylor kept it. Yeah, he, he let a lot go. Some are saying that benefited us more, but I think he let a lot go from Chelsea as well. Um, so I don't know if that's a if that's going to be a theme, but certainly in the Southampton game as well, I felt that the game was let they let the game flow, and 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 there weren't any kind of daft stoppages, which could be more to do with the way the players played it. But certainly yesterday, I felt that they let they let the game go, um, particularly for a derby, which was. You know, quite high, high yeah. octane and 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 crunching tackles and things, um. But it made for a much better spectacle. Sooner said, um, and he's been criticised for saying it, that it would it came back to being a man's game. Howard, <laughs> did you see it like that? I didn't see. I didn't see hear him say that. Yeah, I, I oh, he's been be picked up on it. He's, sure been he picked, he's been picked up on it. But in terms of the referee 
not given a foul just because a player fell over or ended up on the floor, I think was a major turning point in in the game. Having less stoppages, I thought that that is being looked upon by referees now, that you do not give a foul just because of coming together of players and one ends up on the floor. And of course, the crowd all, whoever the home crowd is, cheers yeah. loudest and calls for the foul. But um, I think people like Harry have got to be a bit careful now. I think they're going to be looked upon as, was that a foul or was it just a coming together with my pundit's hat on? So, um, and the other thing that's been mentioned is that they've decided, the referees, that the goalkeepers are the number one route to wasting time. Exactly. And that's that's taken a few years to actually work yeah. that out. Yeah. But um, I saw a goalkeeper, Chelsea goalkeeper, was pulled up when they were winning 2-1. Chelsea goalkeeper got a yellow card because he took too long over a goal kick or something. So there's a couple of improvements been made there. Yeah. I, I liked, I think he made a couple of mistakes, the referee, but I liked the, the ambition of wanting to change the way that yes. games, the game's going. So hopefully that, um, that continues. So, okay, chaps, thank you very much. We've, uh, we're unbeaten. Four points out of six. Our near neighbours have got six out of six, but we know how flattering first results can be. But um, but I think that Mr Conte is in full control of our players. And um, I think the, the hope that we've all got going into this new season, and nothing's going to happen, you know, every, everything needs to be sorted out. Uh, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get a view on what's what's coming for later on in the first 10 games so let's keep our fingers crossed and, and trust in Mr Conte and thank you all for listening Tom Howard as ever thank you for, for taking part and um, we'll speak to you soon hopefully next time we speak to you we've got a win or two under our belts and uh, of course as ever come on you Spurs thanks chaps thanks